As of today, there is one more week until September. A statement possibly not relevant except to people selling month-to-month -month calendars. There are 28 days until the fall equinox, or a full February. So fans of longer days have that long to celebrate or lament the coming of winter. This is Charlottesville Community Engagement, a newsletter and podcast that keeps track of a lot of things, and not all of them are numbered. I'm your two-syllable host, Sean Tubbs. On today's series of segments, the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission schedules two meetings to address the sale of their building and possible changes to a smart-scale project at Hydraulic Road and US-29. Charlottesville's Board of Architectural Review approves the demolition of a building on West Market Street. The end of the Jefferson-Madison Regional Library's Summer Reading Challenge is near, and Albemarle's 5th and Avon Community Advisory Committee gets a first look at a 145-acre development whose ultimate size could depend on what transportation infrastructure is built. In today's first Patreon-fueled shout-out, Mark your calendar for the Rivanna Conservation Alliance's third annual Rivanna River Roundup Community Watershed Cleanup, coming up on Saturday, September 24th. The RCA organized the first roundup in September of 2020 as a safe way for the community to give back to the river during the COVID-19 pandemic. Over the last two years, a total of 245 volunteers have cleaned up 67 miles of streams, nearby trails, and the Rivanna River, removing 192 tires and 213 large bags of trash from the waterway. Details will soon be made available, and you can get those by signing up for the Rivanna Conservation Alliance newsletter at rivannariver.org. The Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission has scheduled two extra meetings this week to discuss various issues. One involves a series of transportation projects in the area, and the other is more administrative. At noon 30 on Friday, the executive committee of the TJPDC will meet virtually to discuss the sale of the building on Water Street that serves as their headquarters. As mentioned in my July 2022 property transactions report, 2PIC LLC bought four parcels from Jia Zan LLC for $10.5 million, and that includes the TJPDC's offices on Water Street. The company is represented by Cushman and Wakefield Tallheimer, according to a letter to the TJPDC from new property owners. The other three parcels are in the Seminole Square Shopping Center. The committee will also take a look at the fiscal year 24 budget and have a discussion of the per capita rate for the agency. The meeting materials are available on their website. At 2.30 p.m., the Policy Board of the Charlottesville-Albemarle Metropolitan Planning Organization will meet to amend a previously awarded SmartScale grant. In 2021, the Commonwealth Transportation Board approved $5.73 million in additional funds for a project to address various aspects of the intersection of Hydraulic Road and US-29. There had been about $18 million left over from the Route 29 Solutions Project, and that extra funding was used as a match in the smart scale process. 
The Virginia Department of Transportation held the official design public hearing for the project in late May. There are five components. They are improvements at Hydraulic Road US-29 intersection, construction of continuous Green T intersection at Angus Road and US-29, construction of a pedestrian bridge over US-29 near Zan Road, construction of a roundabout at Hydraulic Road and Hillsdale Drive, and access management at Michi Drive and Brandywine Drive. There will be an update on the $24 million project, which is currently expected to go to bid sometime this fall. According to the agenda for the meeting, there will be a discussion of potential adjustments. What will they be? I'll try to bring you a story. The Charlottesville Board of Architectural Review has approved the demolition of a former gas station on West Market Street that has been the home of Browns, Lock, and Safe, but it will take some time before the structure is removed. Here's Jeff Werner, the city's historic preservation planner. Built in 1935, uh, was renovated sometime in the mid-1960s. The building is a contributing structure to the Charlottesville and Albemarle County Historic Courthouse District, which was listed on the National Register of Historic Places in July of 1982. The BAR must weigh in on demolition requests as well as whatever use may take place on the site. There's nothing about the building that is, is, is remarkable in the sense of craftsmanship or materials that uh, could be easily duplicated. It's not a, um, a cinder block building in Charlottesville. It's not unusual. There are no plans yet for what would replace the building, but it's next to 218 West Market Street, which will be demolished to make way for the Market Promenade Residential Building. The demolition is requested in order to facilitate redevelopment of the site. And uh, now I, I noted earlier, I, I don't know what the plan is for this, but um, and the building may well remain in use until that time. Werner said that with the case of 218 West Market Street, a building permit was required to be issued before demolition could begin. That permit has not yet been issued, according to the city's building permit database. Jeff Dreyfus of Bushman Dreyfus Architects represents Heirloom Development, the developer of 600 West Main Street and what will be known as Market Promenade at 218 West Market Street. He said Heirloom wants to possibly include 210 West Market as part of that project. The, the current owner signed the application. There is an agreement to move forward with sale of the property um, under a number of conditions. One of them is if the, the building can be demolished. Dreyfus said his client would be willing to place conditions on their demolition permit. We wouldn't take the building down until we were ready to move forward with a construction project. Dreyfus said design of Market Promenade is still in the works and has been delayed by the COVID pandemic. BAR member Sherry Lewis said she would support a vote to demolish, but not without some sadness. I think this um, application does satisfy all of the criteria. Um, for demolition. I wouldn't say that I don't have a twinge of regret seeing another little blast from the past building like the watchmakers building on Water Street um, gone from the landscape. Lewis noted that all of Vinegar Hill was raised on a speculative basis by the Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority in the 1960s. She said she was glad of the condition to require a building permit before this structure and the one next door at 218 come down. 
we demolished an entire community in Charlottesville and had nothing to replace it with. And I think we need to learn from that and never do that again. The motion passed. The days are growing less lazy, less hazy. But let's be honest, the crazy is not going away anytime soon. But we are close to the end of traditional summer, if not astronomical summer, which means students back in school, and the end to the Jefferson Madison Regional Library's annual summer reading challenge. 3,506 participants have collectively logged over 1.2 million minutes of reading. That's according to Jennifer McAdam Miller, a public communications specialist for JMRL. The Summer Reading Challenge is a way for the library to promote the visual consumption of printed material while school is not in session. McAdam Miller said that as of Tuesday, there had been 36,429 reading challenge activities completed, 20,745 badges had been earned, and 5,471 prizes have been redeemed. McAdam Miller wrote in an email to me yesterday that with over 1,063 participants, Northside Library is leading all branches in participation. There is still time for you to add to the numbers, but you may want to go ahead and just look into upcoming challenges. In September, the Beanstack Reading Challenge pertains to NASA's Artemis Project. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and in today's second subscriber-supported shout-out, the Rivanna Trail turns 30 this year, and to mark the occasion, the Rivanna Trail Foundation is throwing a party the weekend of September 24th. It's also the annual Loop DeVille, which is being expanded this year. That Saturday is National Public Lands Day, and if you want to walk the 20-mile loop of the Rivanna Trail or take place in a run of the circuit, go ahead and register now. What about a mountain bike ride? The first 25 registrants for each of these events will get free admission to that night's Rivanna Roots concert at the Rivanna River Company. Visit rivannatrails.org to learn more about what's happening on Sunday, including a 15-mile mountain bike ride with the Charlottesville Mountain Bike Club, a family-friendly walk at Riverview Park, and a five-mile run. That's followed with a celebration from noon to five at the Wool Factory. For all of these details, visit rivannatrails.org. One more story today, and it's one I've been meaning to get to, and here it is. Albemarle County is in the early stages of a comprehensive plan review, as well as an update of its zoning code. There will be many more stories about the crafting of those aspirational and regulatory documents, but this next one is about one of the largest development proposals to come through Albemarle County in some time. Last week, the 5th and Avon Community Advisory Committee got a first look at Riverbend Development's proposal for how to develop what's known as the Sieg property. Riverbend has a rezoning application in for seven parcels of land totaling 145 acres. Here's Cameron Langell, a principal planner in Albemarle County's Community Development Department. They are located on the south side of I-64 and then on the northwest side of Route 29. It's basically right next to the um, exit 118 interchange um, at 250 and I-64. That's just within Albemarle's growth area, and part of the land is zoned for single-family residential use. Another part is zoned for highway commercial. 
these properties are located within the southern and western neighborhoods uh, development area, and that's the master plan that applies. That section of the comprehensive plan calls for some of the land to be regional mixed use center. And that allows for residential units up to 34 units per acre. It also calls for larger retail and service uses, as well as offices. Some of the land is colored purple for industrial uses, and some of the land is green for parks and green systems. That land use designation applies to properties of land where there's um, sensitive environmental features, so things like a stream buffer or steep slopes or um, a floodplain. And if what the master plan says is that if a proposal comes forth to redevelop those pieces of land, that those areas should basically be left undisturbed. They could be incorporated into something like a greenway or open space. The rezoning request is for the neighborhood model district, and that calls for residential and non-residential uses. A fifth of the land rezoned in such MND districts must be in open space, and the rules for the rest are drawn up unique to the site. Neighborhood model districts, if they are approved for a property, they get what is called a code of development applied to them. And a code of development is a specific set of development regulations that apply within that project alone. In this case, Riverbend Development has written up a 37-page code of development that seeks a range of a minimum of 500 residential units and a maximum of 1,365, as well as a range of 100,000 to 350,000 square feet of non-residential uses. Ashley Davies with Riverbend Development said the project's location is ideal. When you're on the property, you almost feel like you're out in the Shenandoah Mountains, but you're literally just, you know, right outside of the city limits. And so it's a really uh, special place. Davies said future residents would have close access to the future Hedgerow Park that the county will eventually program, as well as other natural areas nearby, including the Ragged Mountain Natural Area. She said Riverbend might build an entranceway to unlock the 340 acres at Hedgerow, which was donated to the county by the late Jane Hayward sometime in the last decade. One of the biggest impacts from the more intense use would be traffic. The U.S. 29 Interstate 64 interchange is already a troubled one that has seen two fatal accidents this year. The Virginia Department of Transportation has recently added a limited-use traffic signal to control some of the turn movements, and Davies explained how this project would interface with what is now a four-lane highway to Lynchburg. There are three access points to Route 29, two primary access points, and then one, <clears throat> the existing Shepherd's Hill Road is would be um, just kept as an emergency access. But the primary access point would be a new, <clears throat> a new road. And then we're currently studying on the new access point um, what makes the most sense for um, getting, getting people out of the development and headed back towards Charlottesville. Potential commercial uses could be fast casual restaurants, as well as a brewery. But there are a lot of potential uses in the Code of Development. Um, and we have been working um, with Roger and his team in economic development um, and on the, the office uh, buildings that we're proposing. The number of units on the site, as well as the exact amount of commercial space, will depend on how well new transportation infrastructure might function. 
Potential solutions to assisting with left-hand turn movements out of the development include a restricted crossing U-turn, conventional signals, and what's known as a continuous green T intersection. This entire development is really governed by the traffic patterns and people being able to get in and out of the site. So that's going to be kind of the natural determinant of the mix of uses that you can actually achieve on the site plan. But at the level of the rezoning, uh, the idea is that you want to maintain a certain level of flexibility. And then that gets more and more specific as you work through the site plan process. Several members of the 5th and Avon committee expressed concern about the traffic impacts. Here's Sean Bridge. Any sort of mixed-use development of this size needs probably three main sources of ingress and egress versus one. The volume you're going to have with 825 homes um, plus all the commercial use is, is going to overwhelm one intersection coming in and out. Davies said that the exact number of units is not known yet. She said the Brook Hill development south of Hollymead is one comparison of a project whose build-out depended on developing new intersections onto US-29 and interfacing with the rest of the urban traffic network. At one point, more commercial uses were planned at Brook Hill. We definitely added more residential as we brought in um, the second part of the site. So that did require that we dialed down some of those really high intensity commercial uses because the, um, the access point just wouldn't be able to handle it if you get beyond a certain level of development. No dates have been set for public hearings with the Planning Commission or the Board of Supervisors. A review letter from staff was sent out on Wednesday that includes some of the following comments. Albemarle's housing office wants to know how much Riverbend would pay for each unit required to be below market under the county's housing policy. Developers have the ability to pay a certain amount per unit rather than provide the requirement on site, but Riverbend has not yet specified what they will do. The county wants more information about how new students the development would generate for public schools. The project is in the feeder pattern that includes Red Hill Elementary, Walton Middle, and Monticello High School. The Rivanna Water and Sewer Authority wants more information about sewer capacity within the development. Here's a statement. It doesn't appear this parcel was initially planned for growth for RWSA must confirm the capacity is available. The RWSA also wants details on how the project will tie into existing water and sewer lines. And the Virginia Department of Transportation is concerned about proposed improvements at the intersection of Teal Road and Route 29. Lots of details in those if you'd like to go take a look. And staff wants to see Riverbend's math on their claim that the comprehensive plan calls for a maximum of 3,104 units on the site. Those details are all in the Code of Development, and I encourage you to go take a look, and I'll continue to keep an eye out on this development and everything else I possibly can in Albemarle County because, you know, sometimes um, Albemarle needs some community engagement as well. But the name of the show is Charlottesville Community Engagement, and you're at the end of episode 422. Another episode down and another opportunity to thank the new subscribers who have stepped up this week to ensure this newsletter and podcast is able to continue production. 
There's a lot of information to sift through, and I'm seeking to write up as many summaries as possible so many people know more about the details of how land use proposals and transportation infrastructure fit together, or don't fit together. Charlottesville Community Engagement does seek to keep track of what's planned, what's funded, and what's delayed, but hopefully in a way that's engaging. It's community engagement. At more than two years in, I do find myself truly enjoying putting this together, and I'm hoping to share it with more people. Just under a third of the newsletter's audience pays something toward the newsletter, and the best way to do that is through a paid subscription on Substack. Substack handles a lot of the back end, allowing me to focus on trying to bring you as many stories as I can. And you may have heard that Ting will match your initial payment when you sign up. And if you didn't, guess what? Ting will match your initial payment. This is an extra added bonus that really gives me that extra fuel to keep the information coming. And I am grateful for Ting's support. And if you sign up for a link in the newsletter, you'll get a free standard installation, your second month for free, and a $75 downtown mall gift card. Enter the promo code COMMUNITY for full effect. There is still time to pose a question for me to answer on my next appearance on WINA's Charlottesville Right Now with Courtney Stewart. That's coming up this Monday, August 29th. Visit a post on Information Charlottesville Archive and send me a 9... Send me an eight, send me a seven, send me a six, send me a five, a four, a three, a two, and a one. And this is the end of the show. Thank you very much and goodbye. Talk to you soon, hopefully tomorrow, on another episode of Charlottesville Community Engagement. That will be 423. This was 422.